Patrick Pooch from the Carlton Footy Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Dane Zorko here from the Brisbane Lions. Jason Johannesson from the Western Bulldogs. Luke Parker here from the Sydney Swans. It's Roy Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Max Orr and Melbourne Football Club. This is Matt Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. The number 44 player in the 50 most relevant is a man that just a few weeks ago handed over the captaincy reins of his club. I'm talking about GWS stalwart, Callan Ward. He's at number 44 today and helping me chat through this incredibly consistent and up until 12 months ago, an incredibly durable player for us. To chat all things Callum Ward, I've got our draft spurt. Is that even a word? Uh, I've got McGrath on the line. Hello, mate. How are you? Yeah, MJ, how you going, mate? No, let's roll with that. Let's, draft spurt, right? Yeah, no, I thought that's exactly how it is. Well, let's talk about him. 29 years old. Uh, he is midfield eligible for us and just minutes into his 2019 season, the knee went bang for him, meaning he just got a couple of minutes and pretty much one touch to be able to actually impact the fantasy scores of 2019 against the Cats. Uh, just the three Dream Team and Fantasy points with his kick and uh, just the four in Supercoach. He has not been priced at that average, though, much to our disappointment in AFL Fantasy. They're yet to reveal the price at time of recording, but for Dream Team, he's going to set you back just over 630k, while in Supercoach, he is going to be priced at $511,400. And, mate, when we talk about GWS, so much went right for GWS last year. They make their first ever grand final. They keep the signature of Stephen Cornelio. Jeremy Cameron wins his Coleman medal, but, mate, things kind of got derailed early in the year for him when the ACL injury hit of Callan Ward, who up until this point had been so durable for fantasy coaches. Yeah, no, I agree. He's been such an important figure in at the club in, in taking them from their infancy to where they are now. Uh, and it was heartbreaking, uh, just like Bob Murphy, to, to see him go down in the year that they do the best. But he will be back. He will be back this year uh, and still be a valuable contributor, I think. Um, he's got a couple of years left. Oh, he certainly does. Look, prior to this year, he played all 22 games between the year 2018 and 2015. And then from 2014 to the inception of the club, he only missed five games. So it is before this season just gone, five games that he's missed across the entirety of GWS being available. So he's just been such a durable player for us up until this year. And you look over his stats in Supercoach since 2012, only twice has he failed to average 100 or more, with his lowest being 97.3. And most recently, since 2015, he hadn't missed a game, and his lowest tally of hundreds in that period of time was 12. Yeah, 50%, more than 50% of his game time, he's delivering you 100. There's some stats that you can check out at coachespanel.tv that show a visual of that and equally for AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, while mate, he hasn't been as prominent as that 100 plus scorer where he's had just the one year. Since 2012 and up to 2018, his lowest seasonal average in Fantasy and Dream Team was 93.5 and he hadn't dropped below eight or nine hundreds a year since 2015. So we are talking about a guy that's got durability prior to the injury, consistency of scoring, and he can pump out some big tons too. Yeah, I I really like him. And he's not someone that I've really traditionally owned, but he's always something that you just, someone you know that's 
always going to knock up the ton. He's always going to be there about. So he's a great guy uh, to have in your team uh, and a great player to, to have alongside you. I'm sure he's quite popular amongst his teammates um, and fantasy coaches alike. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious. As the drafts, Burton, I am going to continue to move on that phrase until I get absolutely mauled by the community uh, for an absolute stupid phraseology. But um, talk to me about drafts, being that the, the area of specialty for you, knowing that prior to last year, the past four seasons, he hadn't missed a game. How important is getting a premium or a guy going close to it in Dream Team and Fantasy, knowing that you're getting him every single game? How important to you, is that to you in your strategy of mindset as you draft a side? Well, I think when you're going to draft, you need to have a balanced philosophy. If you're going to draft a team full of guys that are coming off an ACL or traditionally inconsistent or play a role that's uncertain moving to a new club, then you're going to have an up and down year and you're going to be having headaches every week. So drafting guys like Ward uh, somewhere in the early parts of your draft is a really important thing because it gives you peace of mind and consistency to your score. You just don't need to worry about them. Um, and t- traditionally towards the end of the season when uh, injuries start happening and soft tissue injuries happen, players get rested, um, even more so, you need to know that you're going to have a score from these guys and, and they're going to turn up and perform. Uh, so in that way, uh, he's he's a quite valuable commodity. No, it certainly is. The, the one benefit of him doing his injury so early in the season last year means he's very much on track to be able to get ripe and ready to go, not just for round one, but also through the preseason matches. Uh, Tom Duday, who we talked about just a few days ago on the 50 Most Relevant, did it in that same round, as also did the now-retired Alex Rance. But like Duday, he's not quite into full contact training right now, but he's doing a lot of the aerobic and the endurance work that it's required of him so that the club right now are really confident that he's going to not only be right for round one, but also we'll get to see him in some of those preseason matches. And that, I think, mate, is where I've got a really big question. I'm keen on your take of we saw some emergence of some big performers last year. Take on the responsibility. And what impact does Ward coming back in have on both his and their fantasy scoring? I think that's when I when I initially think of Ward for 2020, that's exactly what comes to mind. Uh, not just his ability to get back and perform well, because I, I don't think that's, uh, you know, yes, there's the huge injury risk with ACL, but Ward's one of the most professional guys going around. And as we said, durable. So I think he's going to come back and he'll come back strong at some point in 2020. Um, but the big question is around the guys that have taken his place in 2019 and, and exploded. You've got Hopper, Taranto and even Zach Williams, who played up the ground at the end, who are all absolutely dominant now uh, in fantasy and in, in the football sense. So I think whether he's able to recover that role. Uh, in 2018, he, he had the second most uh, CBAs, uh, centre-bounce attendances behind Cogs. Uh, so is he going to you know, get that time back in the middle with Hopper and Taranto? Um, are they wanting to give it up? You know, they're young, they're the future, they did the job. Um, and took him to a grand final. Uh, so that's my biggest question. I don't think there's any doubt as to whether there's a role in the 22 for him. If he's fit and gets through one preseason game, yeah. then they will play him. He's just too important to the team, uh, like we said. Um, but at best, maybe he might drop a few CBAs and, and come back and you know he may not get back to 95 uh, in his first year, which traditionally is usually what happens after an ACL anyway. But like Doc, I think he's a bit of a, an exception to the rule 
because of his professionalism and durability. Yeah, and generally when you do come back from an ACL, you're often a bit of a slower starter. And so people, even though he has received a, a, a decent discount across all the formats based off uh, his scoring from the 2018 season, so he's got his discount based off the 96.9 in Dream Team and Fantasy and based off that 104.6 in Supercoach. It, it, it does actually put him in a, a really awkward price point like if you contrast him in super coach um just 10,000 more is Jacob Hopper just just under 40,000 more is his teammate and now captain Stephen Canelio while in dream team and I um AFL fantasy again at time of recording uh, the price hasn't been revealed but in dream team he's in the same price point as guys like Will Brody David Swallow Angus Brayshaw Trent Dumont um Luke Dunstan it is a real awkward pricing at that point in both those formats where you probably are wanting to pick him to be a bit more of a a season-long keeper rather than a, a stepping stone, although he could be that. It does put him in that awkward price position given the value we've got in other lines. I think so, and I think... I don't know that what's going to be one that you pick in every format uh, for 2020. Uh, I think it will depend on your, your strategy and the options you see around it. Those, some of those names you just rattled off, uh, you know, Brayshaw, Brody, Dunstan, um, Dumont, you know, different, a different coach could argue that he has more upside and consistency than yeah. uh, all of them. And another one would go, no way, I, I really love those guys. So um, for me, being, a, you know, a draft, draft coach first and foremost, I look at him and think he's a draft special yeah. um, and hoping he slides a bit because he has got the ceiling and he's got durability. Um, the worst case for me is that he he takes a bit to work into the season. So I wouldn't be picking him expecting a 95 average from day one or 105 average in Supercage from day one. Um, but I think he can still play 18 to 22 games and, and push towards and you know maybe get within five points, which... I might be optimistic, but that's what what I'd be hoping as a, a draft coach and hoping that no one jumps the gun too early. Yeah, and I'm keen, great, great value. Yeah, and I'm keen in a moment to get your take on where he could or or should um kind of get to in drafts. Look for the salary cap formats. It's probably for me is a bit too awkwardly priced to feel I, I've got the confidence to jump on for him in Dream Team. I, I just don't think there's the value there for me and Super Coach. There is, but. I'd need to see something pretty phenomenal in the in the preseason to be able to get there. Look, I don't mind it in AFL Fantasy. Again, at time of recording, the price hasn't been revealed, but GWS start the season uh, in terms of their run uh, with matches against uh, Geelong, then Melbourne, then the Western Bulldogs, then Essendon, then Sydney, um, and the Gold Coast Suns are the first six games of the year. So, look, there's some winnable matches through there. It is going to be very interesting to see how they do roll him out and what impact, if any there is to his fantasy output or of other midfielders. For me, it's just a little awkwardly priced, but I see the value and I see the attraction. Let's. Oh, talk- I do as well. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I think from a, a, a salary point of view, I'd be more tempted to see how he goes really early. Uh, yeah. Look, there's a chance that he starts slow and, and maintains his price. Yes. Uh, which is totally fine. And then, yeah, you pick him up after that first game that he looks really comfortable. And then he might make you 100, 150 points and be a great stepping stone to, to you know, that upgrade in the midfield at the buy round. Yeah, well, he's uh, got the round 14 buy round, so that could so help. Absolutely perfect. He's a guy that you could pick up in round two, three, four and, and hold for 10 weeks and just watch him build, build back into it. Um, he probably won't be a top eight 
midfielder by yep. the end of the year. Maybe in Supercoach, depending on if, if things went right. But um, he'd definitely be a great stepping stone. But, I, yeah, very few. Uh, you'd be very ballsy to start with him and expect him to to really go from day one. But um, in draft, you know, you're less... You wouldn't be relying on him as much to, to dominate from the start. So you'd be picking him as a year-long proposition. Yeah, and look, people, when it does come to drafting, let's talk about where he goes. Historically, in Supercoach, you probably might have been spending a... Maybe as early as an M2 might be a little bit of a reach, but you know an M2 or an M3 position to be able to get him based off his consistency of going in those early to mid hundreds for so many years, you're probably not going to have to pick him that early in the draft. Where do you feel comfortable? And again, each format needs a different strategy. Um, where do you feel like you'd be comfortable to draft him in a super coach and where you'd be comfortable picking him up in a dream team or fantasy scoring format? Um, I'd, I'd work off the basis of around a 10-point uh, average difference between Supercoach and, and Dream Team. So uh, based on my expectations, I'd probably feel comfortable drafting here, him as a sort of an M4, M5. Some yep. may see him higher, some less. Um, in Supercoach, probably higher. You could be drafting him as your M4, M3, depending on your strategy. But look, by the end of the season, he's 2018 output, and then all of a sudden you do have a bargain um, on your hands. So... In Dream Team, yeah, I'd be sort of looking at looking for him around the you know the twelfth twelfth to the fifteenth round. Yep. Um, if he if he slides, then you know absolute bonus. But any earlier, then you're looking at really um, you know picking him ahead of other guys that have either on the on the way out. at all. So that's sort of where I'd be sitting. Um, but like I said earlier, it'll depend on each of each coach's value and, and opinion of him. Some will just leave him alone altogether. Some will be really optimistic based on how he goes in the preseason um, and how he yeah how he shapes up in February. Yeah, that's going to be the real key, isn't it? It's how he shapes up and then the timing of drafts, of when you do your draft um, in, in contrast to how he's tracking can alter. If he comes out in the two preseason games and people don't look at roll enough in preseason, they just look at points, they see a couple of super coach stuns, they're like, I'm getting him. All of a sudden he goes at probably where he would have in the 2018 season or 2019 season. Whereas now it all depends on yeah the timing of the draft as well as that other unknown variable. Yeah, you'd really be hoping for a late draft. If you do, it's, it's much more of a risk. And the cost you attach to that risk in draft is up to you and up to your strategy. If you're going hard uh, on reliable guys early, uh, then maybe you can taste, take a risk with you know your sixth, seventh, eighth pick. Um, but if you've taken a few flyers early um, on other guys coming back, maybe you've picked up a Sam Doherty, I'd be really careful and cagey in picking him up in those first, you know, eight to ten picks because if you do go too risky early, it can completely derail your uh, season, and you know you, you can't really get those wins back if you've got you know too much of an inconsistent ride. Yeah, no, fair enough, McGrath. Appreciate your thoughts today as we talked about Callan Ward. No worries, mate. Really, really. Uh, Thanks for having me on. It's, uh, it's an absolute pleasure. Mate, we love having you as part of the Coaches Panel community. And really, let's be honest, the fantasy footy community for a very long period of time, mate. You've been a great contributor. We appreciate all your work. If you want to go and check out the article, it is online at coachespanel.tv. While you're there, got all the links uh, to be able to go and check out the Patreon community where you're getting early and exclusive content as well. And tomorrow, we keep moving deeper into the 40s of the 50 most relevant and here's a clue they've been in the 50 most relevant before not this year's like another year's like I'm not that dumb 